It's the Eclectic Monk, brought to you by OK Fine, the new dating app for the socially hesitant. Do you enjoy long periods of awkward silence with complete strangers? Then OK Fine may be the app for you. And here's your host, the Eclectic Monk. So it's Labor Day weekend here in Atlanta, which means it's Dragon Con. Dragon Con is a uh, huge science fiction fantasy pop culture convention it runs actually from friday night through monday uh, so it's over the entire weekend and i have been to dragon con several times so in this episode of the eclectic monk i want to share with you some of my favorite dragon con moments stick around i'll be right back after this message from our sponsor Sure, man, you know I love football and racing as much as anybody else. I'm a, I'm a NASCAR fan. I like to hunt, fish. I've been known to bust knuckles on my friend's old Chevy pickup truck from time to time. I like to drink beer. Every now and then I like a good shot of Jack Daniels. Hell, I've still got the Playboy magazine my dad gave me when I turned 18 years old. But I got a problem. I'm addicted to them trashy romance novels. Just last Sunday, the race was on, but I didn't turn it on. I sat down with a cup of herbal tea and read Love's Tender Fury one more time. I love that one. It started when I was waiting for my girlfriend to get ready to go out. Like always, she was taking forever. So I picked up the book she had on her coffee table. Next thing I knew, I was hooked. Man, I've tried everything to put them down, but they whisper to me, you know? What in the world can I do? This man needs a pill, and the pharmacology experts at Astral Fosica have just the thing, Xylolobotica. Do you need to forget about something? Let go of an obsession? Do you suffer from feelings of anxiety, guilt, fear? Xylolobotica can fix it by targeting neural pathways and destroying them. This wonder drug can literally make your problems disappear. Do you have issues? Forget all about them with Xylolobotica. Side effects include fatigue, loss of motor control, slurred speech, impaired vision, random personality changes, violent mood swings, loss of smell, loss of hearing, loss of appetite, loss of libido, loss of memory, loss of memory, loss of taste, loss of bladder control, and an uncontrollable urge to destroy things including personal property, pets, other people, and even yourself. Are you ready to let it go? Ask your doctor about Xylolobotica and move ahead without it, whatever it is. You need a pill. We have a pill. Xylolobotica and it's FDA approved. Astrofarsica assumes no liability for this product. Use only as directed. So I don't really remember the first year I went to Dragon Con, I'm thinking 
It was around 2008, maybe 2009. All I know is that I took my uh, two oldest sons and uh, my middle son's best friend, and they were all under 15, yeah, like 12, and Cameron might have been 15 at the time, maybe 16. It's vague. It's been a few months. I've slept since then. But I, uh, I wanted to go. I had actually taken Cameron, my oldest son, to Dixie Trek, which was the old Star Trek convention down in Atlanta when he was just a little kid. And I had a great time hanging out and uh, actually saw uh, James Doohan speak. And that was cool there and um, was introduced to the world of cons. And so when we first went to Dragon Con, I was not exactly ready for what it what it was. It was much, much bigger than anything I'd ever experienced. And it has only grown uh, in the years since. It's gotten bigger and bigger every year to the point where it takes up several hotels uh, actually, it's into, I think, the Merchandise Mart in Atlanta now. That's where the Merchandise Room is. It's actually in the Merchandise Mart. And um, it's just it's just huge. And people come. There are more and more people every year. Really, one of the reasons I'm not going this year is I'm really just not interested in fighting the crowds. I'm, I'm getting older. But I, I enjoyed it every time I went. I, I can't lie. Last time I went was 2019. Of course, 2020, they didn't have it. In 2021, it was stupidly restricted. And last year, I was in crisis. And this year, nah, I don't care. But all that to say, Dragon Con is something you need to experience if you're ever in Atlanta. Uh, the only one that's really bigger, I think, is San Diego's Comic Con, which, of course, is a huge thing. But Dragon Con's really a unique experience to go to. It has everything. If you're into science fiction, there's a lot of science fiction. If you're into fantasy, there's fantasy. If you're into hardcore sci, uh, just science stuff, uh, I saw a really good panel on why space travel to Mars is so difficult uh, through a biomedical reason. You know, basically, they can't shield it enough to keep humans alive in space that long with all of the ultraviolet radiation and stuff that's going to, you know, kill you. So it was fascinating. There's a lot of that. Again, the merchandise room is big. Uh, comics, if you love comic books, which I love comic books, there's a huge room filled with comics and comic book artists, new artists, old artists. And, uh, and then, of course, there are the big name guests that come in and speak and have panels and whatnot. And those are, are very fun. So I have enjoyed Dragon Con. And here are a few, a few of the things that I have done there that I really remember strongly and, and really enjoyed. Like I said, I'm a comic book nerd. I really am. And I love Green Arrow. Green Arrow is my favorite comic book character. Uh, has been since I was a kid uh, when he was part of the Justice League of America. And I just loved Robin Hood and I loved Green Arrow. And the older I got, I... I decided that I was going to, you know, collect Green Arrow stuff. And I actually own every comic book that is a Green Arrow comic book. Now, there's a whole series of Green Arrow, Green Lantern slash Green Arrow comic books. And I've got about half of them, including the very famous one with the cover of Speedy, Green Arrow's ward, shooting heroin on the cover. 
And that one was drawn by Neil Adams. Denny O'Neill was the writer, Neil Adams was the artist on that 70s Green Lantern, Green Arrow run. In fact, it was Neil Adams who reinvented Green Arrow, gave him the goatee and the cool costume. Uh, and one of the things that I remember most about Dragon Con was meeting Neil Adams. I actually have a Batman comic, Odyssey number one, that Neil Adams wrote and draw, did all the art on, and I have it aut autographed by Neil Adams. Now I discovered Neil Adams passed away uh, last year, 2022, which is very sad. He was a very, very interesting and cool guy. And when I say I talked to him, I don't mean, you know, I said, Mr. Adams, thank you for signing my document, you know, and he said, you know, thank you and blessed me and I left. No, we actually stood around for about 15 minutes and talked about quantum physics. Uh, he was a really, really smart man. Uh, and was very, very influential in the comic world. In fact, he was one of the guys who led the fight to get uh, guys who invented Superman, who never got a dime of royalties off Superman. DC owned Superman, and they never got anything out of that. Neil Adams led the fight to make sure those guys and all of those early 1940s and 50s artists got recognition for their work and got compensated for their work. That was Neil Adams. He was a really cool man. And again, just a very, very fascinating person to, to sit and talk to. His wife was there. She was very nice. And, you know, I will treasure forever the few moments that I got to spend talking with one of my comic book heroes, Neil Adams. Another one of those I met uh, in 2019, actually, the last one I went to was Mike Grell. Mike Grell took over the artwork on the Green Lantern, Green Arrow comic from Neil Adams uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. And then he went and reinvented Green Arrow with a uh, miniseries called Longbow Hunters, which if you have not read Green Arrow, Longbow Hunters, you need to. They are absolutely fantastic. From there, he launched into the first continuous Green Arrow series. Until that point, there had been a mini-series, a four-issue mini-series for Green Arrow. Even though the character was created in 1941, it wasn't until the late 80s, 87, I believe, that there was an actual Green Arrow comic book, and it was only four, ser uh, four issues long until Mike Grell created the Green Arrow comic book uh, in the late 80s, early 90s. It was groundbreaking and a fantastic run. Uh, and of course, you know, Green Arrow went on. There's a, there's a lot of Green Arrow comic books and I have them all. But I met Mike Grell and we stood around and we didn't just talk about Green Arrow. The cool thing is I took my Green Arrow uh, issue number 40. Pull it up on the internet, Green Arrow 40. It's a picture of a, a Native American on the front of it. It was drawn and colored by Mike Grell. It's a beautiful piece of artwork. The story itself is a very, very great story. It's actually uh, one of those wordless comics. I don't believe there's a single word in the whole comic. It's just Green Arrow climbing a mountain, meeting this Native American shaman, and getting a vision. It's a really, really cool book. I took that one and said, Mr. Grail, I, I, you have to sign this one for me. And he looked at it and he goes, oh, I loved that one. He said, I loved it so much, I wasn't even mad when I looked in a tattoo magazine and saw that someone had stolen it from me and put it on someone as a tattoo. He said it was just such a cool piece of work that I, I couldn't 
I couldn't resent the fact that it was stolen and used in other ways. And then we talked about comic book history and, and different things. Again, for about 15, 20 minutes, I had a really, really great conversation with Mike Grell. And I loved that. And that happened at DragonCon. That same year, I ran into Mark Bagley. Mark Bagley is another comic book artist. He worked for Marvel mostly, and he did a lot of work uh, with Spider-Man and the X-Men and, and different things. The cool thing about Mark Bagley was, when I was a FedEx guy, he lived on my route. And I used to deliver packages to him from Marvel Comics once a week. And one day, and he would, then he would ship one out once a week. So one day I went to make the pickup and he said, I'm not quite ready yet. Would you like to come inside? I said, well, sure, that would be great. And he took me into his studio. And there he, he showed me what he did. Now, Mark Bagley at that point was a penciler, which if you don't know, comic books, the, the actual artwork begins as pencils. The guys will take and they draw in pencil so that it's all perfect. And then after they've drawn the art, they, they get the script, they draw the art. So the artist who's doing the pencil work is creating the story visually. Even though they have a, a guideline from the art, the writer who's written the story out. So the penciler creates the artwork and that's what Mark was doing. And then they take it and they send it to the inker who then goes in and fills in the lines and then adds details with the pens. Then it's sent to another person who is the colorist and that person does the coloring. They add all the different shades and colors into the artwork and then it gets sent to the letterer and you guessed it, they're the ones who write the letters in, uh, the, the dialogue and, and what the guy's thinking or whatever, all that they write in. And then, then it's ready to be published. It's a really fascinating process. And so what I was doing was delivering to him the script, and then he was doing the initial pencil work, putting those in a box, sending them to New York so that they could be looked over by the editor and then sent on to the inker and so on. And he took me into his studio and he showed me all that. And so when I met him at Dragon Con, and this was, I mean, I, I knew him back in the late 80s. It was a long, long time ago. I saw him in 2019, and I said, Mr. Bagley, you probably don't remember me, but I was your FedEx guy a very long time ago when you lived at, and I told him the address. And he smiled. He said, I remember you. I used to see you every week. And we sat, and we had just the most beautiful conversation, not even about comic books, just about life. How are you doing? How are things going? And you have it. I mean, these are real people, and it was a, a fantastic moment for me. So, of all the comic book stories I have from Dragon Con, those three I'll never forget because those were, were really great. I've seen a lot of celebrities at Dragon Con. So, Scott, <clears throat> Scott Bakula, Scott Bakula, who played Captain Archer on the Enterprise series, also was the lead character in Quantum Leap, if you remember that show from the 80s. Fantastic guy. Uh, of course, it was a huge room filled with, you know, 2,000, 3,000 people. He came out. He was funny. He was engaging. It was great. I really, really enjoyed Scott Bakula. As we were waiting in line, there was this group of guys who were just hammered uh, because a lot of that happens at Dragon Con. 
and uh, and they were they called themselves the cult of Scott Bakula. And every time they would do something, they would say, "Oh boy," which is a reference to the Quantum Leap TV show. Anyway, that was a lot of fun. Saw so, uh, George Takei, who played Mr. Sulu in the original Star Trek episode. He was very engaging. He was very funny, and and we had a great time with him. And not only did he talk about his Star Trek memories, he also talked about the graphic novel that he had written about his experience in Japanese internment camps during World War II. He was, as a child, interned by the U.S. government because his parents just happened to be Japanese Americans. And so it's a really interesting story, and he, he talked about that. That graphic novel was just coming out. It's out there. It's really an interesting story. And a sad commentary on America. You know, everybody thinks we were great. Yeah, we're not so great. But anyway, he was fun. George Decay, a lot of fun. And of course, I saw William Shatner at Dragon Con. And that was the year that I went with, with my oldest son, who uh, is disabled. And so he was in a wheelchair at that time. And so we were sitting in the uh, handicap zone. And so we got to go in early and got right up front. So I was like in third row, uh, he and I, to see William Shatner at Dragon Con. And he was funny. He was engaging. He, he was really good with the audience. And, uh, and I'll never forget the 45 minutes that I spent being entertained by Captain Kirk standing on the stage and Dragon Con. It was awesome. Um, again, there's panels. And, and I would say if you're ever going to a con, even if it's not Dragon Con, if it's another big con around, uh, be flexible. You never know what you might slip into. One of my favorite stories was the very first year we went, and we were looking through the little guide. And it wasn't on your phone back then. It was before cell phones were real popular. Uh, and they gave you the little book, and we we're looking through the book, and there was this panel for story development and I thought well that's interesting so I go in with these three boys all under the age of 15 to uh, see the story development panel well it turned out this was a LARPing panel LARPing that is live action role-playing I didn't even know such a thing existed but we're sitting in here with this bunch of people who are very very enthusiastic LARPers and in the front row, there's these three guys dressed up like Vikings or something with a, a girl dressed up like a slave girl with a collar around her neck. And she's on her f hands and knees on the floor in front of these guys, barely dressed. And I'm here with three boys who are, you know, like ages 12 to 15. And I was thought, well, I'm glad their mom's not here because I would be in trouble already. That was one of the first things we did that day, actually. And... Uh, and it just kind of went on and on. And finally, they kind of got the moment where I caught their eye and they caught mine. And we were like, yeah, we got to get out of here. And we got up and walked out before it was over. But uh, it's a great story now. And uh, <laughs> you just, like I said, never know what you're going to stumble into at Dragon Con or any other place. There was the, uh, we went through the board game place where the guy had the game and the game pieces were Skittles. And uh, you ate them as you went along, I guess. I don't know. All kind of different stuff. And, um, course there's the merchandise room where you can find everything from weapons to uh, corsets to comic books to book books to uh, black market Wonder Woman pornography I mean it's, everything is there 
Uh, you just have to be careful when you're going through and looking because you might see something you don't want to see. Um, but uh, I know my youngest son found some uh, video games that he had been looking for forever at a booth at the Merchandise Mart in, at Comic-Con, uh, at Dragon Con. It, it was great. So I have found really cool comics there. I found all kind of stuff that I wanted and usually couldn't afford. But I do have some cool t-shirts. Great Green Arrow t-shirts that I bought at Dragon Con. <sighs> There's the parade every year. We usually miss the parade because it's on Saturday morning and we're standing in line getting our badges. But they have like stormtroopers and everything else. And one of the funniest things about Dragon Con weekend, it, this Labor Day weekend in Atlanta, there's another big event in Atlanta that weekend. It's the college football kickoff taking place at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It used to be the Georgia Dome, but they tore it down and built a new one. Anyway, it's where the Falcons play in downtown Atlanta. And so at lunchtime, you're wandering up Peachtree Street looking for some place to eat. And here you see all of these people who've come from Alabama to see, you know, Alabama and Clemson play at the uh, college football kickoff game. <laughs> and they're all staring at the people dressed up like Wookiees and, you know, heaven knows what. Uh, there's this mingling of these two very radically different cultures that are clashing on Peachtree Street in Atlanta over Labor Day weekend. It's worth a ride down Peachtree Street around lunchtime just to see that, if nothing else. You need to experience Dragon Con at least once in your life. And so aside from the merchandise rooms and aside from the celebrities that I have seen, I, actually, I saw one with Gil Garrard. Remember Gil Garrard? He played Buck Rogers in the Buck Rogers in the 23rd Century TV show back in the late 80s. And, uh, man, he was like a bitter old man. It was really interesting. There's also the big autograph room, and, and I've always just walked in. I'm not really interested in paying a lot of money for an autograph, but it is fun to walk in and see who's sitting there. And, and I've seen Nichelle Nichols, who recently passed away, played Lieutenant Uhura in uh, the original Star Trek series. I saw a lot of different people who were, you know, big-name stars and um, sitting there waiting on, you know, people in line to get their autograph. So that's always a fun thing to do. And the people watching, of course, is just phenomenal. The cosplayers, uh, costume players, is these people take it seriously. There are people who spend their entire year building costumes, getting the makeup right so that they can dress up like their favorite character or their favorite imaginary character and go to Dragon Con and walk around. And, um, you know, I mean, you want to see Boba Fett, he's there. You want to see Stormtroopers, he's there. You Darth Vader, he's there. You want to see some weird secondary character from that weird science fiction trilogy that you read back in 1992, he's probably there too. There's all kinds of stuff, and the people are really, really committed to it and do a great job. It's, it's fun just to find a seat at the bar and sit and watch the people walk by that is half the fun of Dragon Con. So uh, that's that's kind of my my Dragon Con experience. I'm trying to think if there's anything else <clears throat> particularly exciting that I can leave you with. Oh yeah, there's Filk. F I L K. Filk. That's a music form. It's folk music, but it's folk music with a science fiction slash fantasy tinge. And uh, 
seen some great music there. Uh, they have a big concert every year, and, and the, the best one I ever saw was the night we went and saw Paul and Storm and then Jonathan Coulter played, and, and that was a great, great concert. We stayed there till like 1 o'clock in the morning, uh, but it was a whole lot of fun. Uh, but Filk, it, it, you know, you go and they'll have these little rooms and they'll have people get up with their guitars and different things and play their songs, and it's just so much fun to see people who are sharing their music and their love of science fiction all at the same time. I guess my last story is the year that we, we bought a uh, pass for the entire weekend and we actually went down on Monday I'd never gone on Monday before and there's not a lot going on on Monday in fact a lot of the merchandise vendors are packing out already uh, but we went into a panel a, um, a Godzilla panel and we sat in a room with some nerds <clears throat> I use that word lovingly because I'm one of them and we watched Godzilla vs. King Kong, the old like 1963 movie where Godzilla meets King Kong and you fill in the blanks as to why that happened. You really fill in the blanks as to why there was a remake of that recently. I, I don't know. The original film was terrible. I mean, it was hilarious. I mean, it was great. And sitting in a room full of people, two-thirds of whom are deeply invested in Godzilla lore. They knew stuff you never even thought to think about. Uh, they had, you know, question and answer. They had, you know, trivia questions and all this and, and discussion before the movie and after the movie. And, and, and I was sitting there with, with my kids and we, we enjoyed the movie. We enjoyed the atmosphere. It was cool. It was over and it was time to leave. And we left Dragon Con. That was the only time I ever went down for three full days to Dragon Con. And, uh, and you should do that once in your life. You need to go on a Monday to Dragon Con, find some random panel, and enjoy it because it's a special time. One other hint late at night, down in the basement of the Hilton Hotel, they have rooms where they're showing Japanese anime films. These are not things you want to take your children into. That's all I'm going to say. And how I know this, I'll never tell. I didn't stay long. Anyway, that's my Dragon Con memories. And uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I'm going to leave you with my own Filk song. A song called Galactic Traveler that I wrote sometime in the 1980s. I uh, updated a little bit around 2016 and have recorded fresh and new for this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. It's my homage to Star Trek, the original series. If you know the series, you'll catch the references. If you don't, you'll enjoy the song anyway, I hope. So, until next time, please travel well, enjoy the journey, and never forget you're deeply loved by the God who created you. He also created the universe, the cosmos, and everything in it, including Dragon Con. See you next time. Here we go. I'm a galactic traveler. I hail from Tenerife. Most of my younger years I spent staying alive. 
21 I hopped upon the first departing ship When I'm dead it will be said his life was quite a trip And it's not too far from where you are To light years past the nearest I've been in lots of bars where I felt out of place Traveled all around the stars and I've been lost in space And every time it got me down I somehow got on top And if I have air to breathe I know I'll never stop Well come along and you will find a universe to blow your mind When I think of all the places that I've been And all the crazy things I've done Well I know that I would them all again Yes, even the more drastic ones well, I'm a galactic traveler I go by many names Had lots of women and no two were quite the same when I die, I know that I'll be found somewhere in space With my sorry and brandy in my hand and a smile upon my face And it's not too far from where you are Two hairy muds, a galactic bar Where you might find a Klingon girl to draw your blood and rock your world. Come along and you will find a universe to blow your mind. Something wrong. Kink in my back. That's it. A little, little higher. Push hard. Take it in there, Mr. Thank you, Yellow. That's sufficient. This episode of The Eclectic Month was brought to you by the pharmacology experts of Astral Farsica, makers of Hazania, We Scrooge, Oh Screw It, and Xylolobotica. See you next time.